Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of season three of your mom's podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Caroline. And I'm Avis. And today we're talking about Degrassi season three, episode six, Gangsta Gangsta. Roses are red. Sean's feeling neglected. Toby pulls no punches when he's disrespected. With Snake's chemo in full swing, Emma is insanely busy. She's barely even got time to clean the ravine, and she has even less time for Sean, who's feeling pretty lonely these days. His angst draws the attention of Degrassi bad boy Jay Hogart and his crew, and it doesn't take long for Sean to follow them down a dangerous path. Also in this episode, JT learns the hard way that it's never wise to be an asshole to someone who knows your darkest secrets. Yeah, I think that's the moral of the B-plot. Like, I will just say that the wet dream just becomes a little bit unceremonious when you drop it (laughs) midway through an episode. (laughs) And in in such a, like, wah-wah-wah way. (laughs) It's such a small B-plot. It is. It and I really feel like they take like way they give way more time to what's happening with Sean, as they should, because it's just the more important thing. But I do think a fucking wet dream deserves a little bit of attention. Yeah. Just a tad. And they're like, Nope, nope, keep it moving, nothing to see here. But yeah, like um, I think he just he's like okay, so my whole thing with JT in this episode, because just doing that little speed tape to the end, even though He's like, okay, my friends are not necessarily your friends in the situation. I still think he was a dick about it. Hard agree. <laughs> JT think- sucks in this episode. He sucks. And like, Toby real quick, like, blew up his spot. Mm-hmm. Toby was like... Ir- but Toby yeah. was sick of it. Toby yeah. was sick of it. And I don't blame him. JT was... Be- the way... You could hear it in his voice when he said, I was just making an observation. And it's, it's gonna like, happen. The, the, hey. the pettiness between like best friends is so obvious, though. I think that's what gets me. It's like you're just act, you're just kind of casting aside who, this person who's been there for you your entire life, basically. Like, not your entire life, but you guys have been camp friends for a while. And you've been friends right. for at least a couple years like you you guys are loyal to each other the fact that you're just brushing him off when it's convenient for you and then neglecting the fact that you still have a very close relationship with him is shitty yeah it's super shitty and like you didn't have to be mean to him there was no need for it there was no reason for it you could have talked to him and actually communicated with him like hey you know, I'm just getting in more with Paige's crowd. Like, I don't know where it's going to go. You right? know, I like, like Paige. I'm, I'm going to ride it to the wheels fall off. Right. Like, I'm going to ride it to the wheels fall off. But until they kick me away and, like, like until I- I'm not going to, like, bring you in. But, like, just know, obviously, we're still good. But, like, I, I, I'm not going to be able to, like, bring you into the group. Like, that, I don't have that power. Like, right. talk to him about it like that. Like, be real. But, like, obviously they're they're kids they're not supposed to be rational it's supposed to be like i'm man i'm getting on you better get out of here essentially right and it's and it sucks for toby because he's just like 
you never even gave me a heads up. I didn't get the memo. I'm just dropped all of a sudden in when it comes to these friends. Like we're just not, and they know that we're friends. So the fact that we're not able to like interact while you're hanging out with them is like, it's shitty. It's a superiority thing. Like, okay, just you, not him. (laughs) And it's another like, and I mean, I am still surprised that Toby is getting a pretty, um, because this is still in line with his character. Like he's very loyal. He just wants to be like recognized. He wants to be appreciated and he doesn't want to be cast aside, which is a hundred percent in line with his character so far. Um, but it is such like a blip on like the B plot radar that like, yeah, all of in his interactions at the lunch table make me cringe. It's like, I've had a wet dream. Spinner's had a wet dream. Even Mr. Radich has had a wet dream. And then that gross shot of Radich. Yeah, like deep throating a fucking piece of cake. Like, right, like or yeah, Boston like, cream cake. Like, song, that's something. Thing. It's like a Boston cream donut or like I a. I thought it was like, a, an, like an, an eclair those, or, an or eclair. something. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's too fat I to love be an eclair. Boston. I love Boston cream donuts. And I thought it was one of those at first, but then I saw it had stripes. So I was like, did he bust it open already? <laughs> It was it was a very weird situation. It was um, they 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 centered it on him like eating the weirdest, right, right. most goozy. Like he had to thing like lead into it so weird. Uh, yeah, he was like a creep. Like yes, I do have some creepy information. Instead of just Paige... being like, <laughs> instead of just being like, hey guys. This Guess morning I caught JT having a wet dream to Liberty while we were having a sleepover because we have sleepovers. We're best friends. We're best friends. And literally he was moaning, Liberty, Liberty. Okay, can Liberty. we talk about how out of context that seems problematic? <laughs> as a- it does. It does. My it was girlfriend like, called even- me watching that scene and she's like, His, her name is Liberty, right? I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> it's an inside joke. No. Oh. No, it was really, it was like, even knowing the context, I was like, they they didn't have to do that. They no. could have done that another way. They could have, but they decided to just do it the way they did it. <laughs> and I don't think that it was necessarily, like, I think it was fine. It is, yeah. it, it quite literally isn't what it looks like. Yeah, um, yeah, right. But... It was still like, I don't know, it's weird to go back and watch anything from this era with the lenses that we have now. It is. It's definitely like, it's different. The the whole, I mean, I, for, for one of the things I really zoned in on is everybody wearing these, like, I mean, this is more in the A-pop, but everybody wearing these headphones uh, around their, their necks. Everybody's wearing fucking headphones this week. <laughs> I'm just like, is this like a badge of delinquency or something or edginess or counterculture? Like, what is it? It's so um, pr- like apparent. And like, I think it was just Sean doing it occasionally. And now they're like, no, I got to have my headphones. I gotta but it's have all my the tunes bad with kids. All the time. That's what I'm saying. Like counterculture. Like these are the beatniks. These are the kids. that are- They're not the beatniks. They're the I beat think- your ass nicks. They're the beat your ass nicks. Yeah. But like, they, um, these are the edgy kids. Speaking kids. of people who are about as edgy as a butter knife. Um, mm. I feel like it technically falls into the A plot, but only barely, and it's a Toby thing, so let's call it B plot. Can we talk about Toby's school photo where he's like, got the hands under the chin? 
He is like the a show. He's okay. He reminds me of Dudley Dursley, like the way that he he's just looking so prim and pr- like uh it's, like it's, like, it's very... like English schoolboy. Like it's giving Boy Scout. Um, like you can tell that he probably went to Boy Scouts. He went yeah. to camp, so I'm gonna. He went bet, to camp with. I'm gonna Toby. say that right. I'm gonna say that he probably was a Boy Scout or an Eagle Scout, because that's the that's the they have Boy Scouts, but they also have Eagle Scouts. I know they're two different things. Yeah, but Eagle Scouts are like no Eagle Scouts. I think happens when you're older after you graduate from the Boy Scouts. You graduate to like, it's like Ooh. it's like getting your um, bachelor's and then your master's in scouting. Mm. see learn something new every day i did not i just i could I be totally learned. wrong too but, no, but i'm mean, pretty that sure sounds, that sounds right that sounds completely plausible to me yeah um yeah no i man toby he is really the fact that <laughs> the fact that his grandparents are buying up like all of <laughs> all of these photographs to like paper their house with and like give out to their extended I feel like I feel like 2000s grandparents like traded school photos like base like baseball cards they were just like and this is my little Toby and then you know yeah let's June down the (laughs) lane is like this is my little Emma Mm -hmm. not Nelson not Nelson. Emma's a very common name. I just can't think of names right now. It's fine. There's fine. a lot of names, and like when someone asks you what's your favorite name, or like to talk about names, every name you've ever heard just like flies out of your head. Right. That's how I am with people ask me about books. Like I right? love books. Oh, really? What's your favorite book? Every book I've ever read flies away. No, I know my favorite book, but what's your favorite book? It's called A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and it's been okay. my favorite I've book since I was the first time I read it. Okay. Um, it's a very good book. I think it's beautiful, and I consider it to be the great American novel. Um, mm, hot take there. Well, but, I don't know if that's a hot take, but very strong pronouncement. I love it. I don't think I've heard you. I think I've heard you talk about the maybe one before this book, one time before. But I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it's it's like my favorite favorite. It's actually winter, so I should be reading it. Maybe that's what <laughs> I'll do tonight. Um, sometimes this is a book club podcast, but no. Um, I is there really anything more? In the A plot or the B plot? I was going to say we can transition into the the A plot because that's right now that more... we brought the most important part of the a plot toby's school pictures into it that's how they start okay there's a connection that's that's without toby's photos nothing Mm. nothing would have happened with jay and sean that's i love sean in that moment too because also he's just fucked with toby Mm -hmm. but he's done it in that like i'm your friend from the wrong side of the tracks kind of way you know yes absolutely and and then when he stands up to Jane, he's just like, I'm his friend. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. I love Sean in that moment, which is good because we are not going to get to love Sean a lot in this episode. I was going to say he kind of like 
plummets his stock plummets but he's definitely really like a good friend like here he's a good he's Mm -hmm. there when fucking toby needs him because it would have just been he's jacked for his pictures Um. right toby's (laughs) like my bubby paid for those (laughs) she's on a fixed income (laughs) i can't um i i find it like a fun inter like a meeting of these two rough and tough Eminem wannabes um of the school so I've, i'm really happy that they finally <laughs> i we get the setup by uh, jt like yeah this guy's bad news and then of course they've got a the one guy's they, bad news they've got to intertwine when they're in auto shop and and jay is just like very weirdly staring at sean it's very like homoerotic it's it's a little homoerotic it's like the tension yeah no it um i really found it like a bad like like a bad parody of a not even a bad parody just like a bad attempt at like displaying characters that were like supposed to be dangerous because even though we've seen jay and company breaking into a vending machine be oh there's glass dude like we're supposed to think they're dangerous (laughs) and we don't i just don't buy you know what i noticed though that i really Mm -hmm. did not like Mm -hmm. is towers Mm -hmm. and just and i don't think he says a word the entire fucking season series except maybe like hi to liberty yeah, he's got very strong body language. He doesn't have Well, he's like, got very strong body language and very strong like I've noticed consistently hostile body language. Yeah, he's always like clenching like, his fists. Sean or... moves him over and he's clenching his fists and then when Sean gives Walks him back away, the like yeah. wrench, and he yes, like he takes wait, it yes, in a way that looks yes, like he's about, he's about to, to strike him. Smack yes. him and it's yes. just like Yes. We're really just going to have this young black kid stand Angry. here and look violent with no like development of his character with no explanation he's just angry and threatening and like suppose but like it never comes through because this guy look if you look at his body language but then you look at his face it's two different things like if you look at the actor's face he doesn't look scary in his face. Like he doesn't have that like ability to yeah, look he foreboding. Looks like he's trying to look menacing. He very much so. He looks like he's doing some very cons- like his effort is very rent concerted. Is due. But the rent is due. However, and he and the check was cut for the rent. But but it just is not a, like a like this is not a mean kid. And it yeah. doesn't, and like, even though he's got the like the physique to support the body language of a mean kid, it's still not coming cr- across in any other way. Like, even Sean and his little pathetic face when they're doing that slow mean, like, I this is pre mean girls, obviously, but I always think of the the um, past that Dutch, the <laughs> uh, the mean girls part, like, oh, daddy, <laughs> they're walking down the hallway. But it yeah. happens in uh, so many other teen films. It happens in the craft. It happened like it, it's just a teen movie thing or teen media thing for them to like the the click to walk down the the hallway and music to play. And Sean is like looking at a kid who's like in his path, who's basically trying to like 
bump into Sean and he looks at him like back off. And he, I mean, even that face is more like convincing than what Towers' actor is able to cut. Cause he's, you could just tell he's just a big cuddly little like I... kid who just grew, who just shot up too fast in his height. And now this has to do with it. Yeah. And it's weird. It's weird to have a like named prevalent dates a main cast character. Yeah. But that we, we like we don't get anything from him. We don't nothing. get an opportunity to like know his character other than an like a glorified prop. Like, he's he's just... Liberty's first boyfriend, and frankly, I would like to know about that. Because I like would they too. dated too for like they start dating and accidents happen. Mm-hmm. They date yeah, for the rest of the season, which is like that's a lot eight of episodes. Yeah, four of them, and then I rela- think like even a into the relationship, at they that do, age. yes, at that age, yeah. it's totally a, a notable. And yeah, we don't, and we get the the impression we get nothing. that we get hints about his personality that he's just a lot sweeter than he lets on and everything and just things like that but like at the same time like we don't get anything concrete we don't get scenes with them we don't get anything and he's like a very poor prototype for tiny i feel like he's an extremely poor prototype for tiny like i actually when we were talking earlier and you were like oh this character i was like is that supposed to be tiny's brother you're like no it's it's um the guy who's in Jay's friend group and I was like oh forgot about him <laughs> right <laughs> like I really did forget about his ass but um it's fine because this young man he's he's doing a lot of like he's doing a lot of work emoting emoting with his body which is all he really has at the end of the day he's doing the body language work um but also, Daniel Clark, too, has rent due, and he's not fucking around. And those eyebrows are paying it. And they are paying in dividends, in um, dividends. I feel for Sean so much in this episode. Like, yeah. Like, his behavior is not okay. But I feel so much for Sean. Like, these are a lot of big feelings. And he's, he's having just a, a lot of big feelings, and he's got no he outlet, nowhere neglected to go and ignored and lonely. And Tracker, who, and you can't even really blame Tracker because Tracker's what, like maybe twenty seven, and he's yeah. taking care of a teenager, and like, and he's doing a good job, but he's not always able to do the emotional work of raising a troubled teenager, right? Like, it ain't it's, easy. it's not easy, and Tracker's like, listen. I've had a day or a week or whatever, and I've got a lovely lady friend who is in this apartment going to the bathroom, and you need to make like a fly and shoe. Right? <laughs> you need to get I know we're just two crazy kids trying to make it alone in this big scary world, Sean. <laughs> but I gotta, I gotta make it with her for a minute. Go buy a card. Right. He gives him he gives him some cash. He does him give him to, some cash. He just tells him to Amscray. And so Sean <laughs> wanders the mean streets. But like, I don't know. Sean could be doing better. He could have been like, you he know, could actually, can I come, why don't I come help babysit? 
what? How about that? How about because he knows he it he is just trying to make it like things are the way they used to be. And obviously, if Emma and I like Emma's side is not really the most important side right now. It's more about Sean. But the fact that like Emma's going through her stepdad having cancer and her and a newborn in her house and her mom dealing with not only the newborn but also her stepdad having cancer it's just a lot of change in a short amount of time and she wants normalcy but like she's actually doing a pretty good job of just rolling with it at this point and just trying to just take it as it comes because at least like they have hope that snake is going to be okay but like sean just is he needs stability he is not used to not having that landing pad like their household right. was relatively secure and and even footed and he, the fact that like he doesn't have that anymore is probably really frustrating he's like i just want to be able to like veg out at your house and eat pizza and watch movies like right. what the fuck like and i get that point of view from a kid who just has had maybe you know, several years of like semi-regular normalcy. Mm -hmm. I get that. And neither of them is mature enough to like voice problems before they're big problems at this right. point, you know? Yeah. Because like Snake's been sick for like a month apparently. Mm -hmm. And it's just now becoming a conversation that and can we talk about fucking Snake slamming down the <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Snake is pissed off. He is not having a good day. And I just think that it's so obvious that he's, that their family is not having, it's not in a good place at that point. Mm -hmm. That they could use some understanding. And I just don't think that Sean is like, he's like, I shouldn't have to kind of compromise the wanting your family to be my stable place i shouldn't like that shouldn't have to be something i should compromise like i'm just resentful of this situation right. i'm resentful of your cancer i'm resentful of the fact that because you have cancer and you guys don't want to hire a babysitter i can never see my girlfriend and like I, from his point of view like it's fucked up but like mm -hmm. he's not looking outside of that like he's not looking how it is for emma how it is for fucking snake how it is for right. Spike. He's just like, oh, what I want is pizza and movies. I wanted pizza and movies. And that's like... <laughs> it's all I wanted. It's been a month. But also, bro, <laughs> stop calling and hanging up. And then stop lying about it when Emma asks you. And you like... Express your... Literally, like, he's he has times where he's very expressive. And then he has times where he just dries up like a fucking sponge. And it's so frustrating because of course you could just say oh she literally gives them the, the opening there were some hang-ups oh it was me right i was having a hard fucking time last night like i could have used well and like blah 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 or you could have he could have didn't even and it's like okay so like the simpson nuts in the household cannot give him the stability that he loves from it right now mm -hmm. but it can still give him the family. It's a family going through something hard, but it's a family who's better suited to cope with hard things going through a, a hard thing. And like, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe it's just like my need to find mm -hmm. something good in everything, but like, 
when I look back at the hardest things that I have had to do, yeah, there's always really like great memories and experiences that come from it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, hardship brings people together. Yeah. And you and Emma would probably still be together if you'd been spending your nights hanging out, helping and like playing Uno or whatever when Snake felt up to it. Right. Like just I mean, I I don't even think like that kind of intimacy also could be something that Sean is just running from because he's never experienced it. And it's like truest form. I think the tracker does a great job in trying to be in like give him the intimacy of like understanding of being vulnerable of like just being able to let your guard down and and having a conversation that might not be the easiest but it's like when you don't have that space to like have a healthy dialogue without it turning into like an argument or whatever like he's just not used to being there when times are hard like his obviously his family they would drink about it before that they would actually like confront things in in a way that was just like okay let's sit down and talk about it but it's obvious that spike and snake are just people who would like to sit down and talk about it and make it a priority to have everybody on the same page and it's just and I know that he's gravitating towards that. And the fact that he's like feels excluded from it too is like, mm-hmm. you know, okay. But they're they're going through the hardest time in their lives. They're not gonna be like, okay, come over. You can always come like you kind of have to just push it and, until someone tells you to go away, kind of thing. And that is right. hard for somebody who is just like motivated who's on constantly not being, being re- told to go away. Right. I was gonna say, like he no, just doesn't a- like the rejection fear is strong. And I just I, I feel for Sean because like I know being there for somebody in their hard times, it's like you don't know where to step. It's like, okay, I wanna be here for you, but like also how do I how how can I be there for you again? And you know, like when you even know like you just worry about being there where you shouldn't be. Um, mm-hmm. I, no, definitely. I I feel for like I understand all of where Sean is coming from, and I think a lot of it is forgivable given his age, given his trauma, all of that. Like mm-hmm. up until the laptop, like yes, I know you're spiked. really mad at Emma. Yeah, but like, how are you going to steal the teacher with cancer's fucking laptop, regardless of whose stepdad he is? And you can say what you want about Jay, but. Jay is gonna is always the and I think from the very beginning he's been that character like okay well you've made your bed you can lie in it like he's he did not come up with the idea he was gonna steal a keyboard he did not come up with the idea to actually steal Snake's laptop that was all Sean who was like you need this amount of money to get this conversion on your car so you know how much it's gonna cost about how much this laptop is gonna cost a pawn so basically like jay is like well then you can you can since it's your idea you can do the honors like it's very much like this is the beginning of a very bad friendship Mm -hmm. like i think that's i know we said last week um of our in our outro that just it's the beginning of, of sean's villain era but that's really like get used to these looks between emma and sean where it's just like like just death stares across the <laughs> across the room. <laughs> right. They, Emma's they, steady lurking. Emma lurks. Steady fucking lurking, stirring, stirring. But yeah, it's 
Oh my god, it's so bad. He really does fucking steal. The only time Snake cracks the semblance of a smile or like his brightness, you can see like he's a little bit having a bright spot in his day is when he looks at this fucking laptop and you fucking take it, you piece Not of shit. Not even his son Your brings him joy shit. right now. Not even his fucking, oh gosh. He's going through it. And the fact that you take a one spot of fucking joy from this man who's going through chemo and is robbed of all of the joys of being a first time father because of it. Like you little bitch. Yeah. He, he's like hitting, hitting, <laughs> trying to hit Emma where it hurts because he knows that Emma's really going to be hurt by things done to people she loves versus people done to like things done to her. Like you can probably do things to Emma and she'll be upset about it. But it's like, if you fuck with my mom, if you fuck with snake, if you, you know, like if you fuck with Manny, even though they're not friends right now, like, like, I'm going to have a problem with that more than you fucking with me. I think that's just, even though I, even though I do think she's a very selfish character, I do think she's one of those people who externalizes a lot of like her emotions and um, into the people around her. And I think that it, it'd be very hard for her not to care somebody trying to fuck with people around her versus so especially snake right now her and snake have bonded very recently they're they're in a very (laughs) i just i it's a very shitty i'm just i'm thinking about him tucking that laptop into his little bag and running off like the grinch (laughs) like he's right (laughs) he really is in his villain era yeah i'm just (sighs) And oh, can I, I also want to bring up the fact that this is the, I think this is the second fist fight we've seen at Degrassi. The first this was is a also. a way better fight than the last this one. This is a way, a way better fight. You know how I know? Because literally my girl, again, my girlfriend had just walked into the, the room in our kitchen where I was taking my notes. And she usually, she'll watch Degrassi. She's watched it before. But she went, came and sat down next to me when she saw uh, Jay get pushed up against the car. <laughs> It's a good fight. It is a good fight. And watch the rest of the fight. She was like, I just need to see. (laughs) And again, we've got towers with like this weird body language where he's like being held back. I was going to say, who are those guys? Who are those guys holding him back? And why are they holding him back? And Daddy Armstrong comes and breaks it up. And right, like with them pecs, like, uh, uh. no, you get off, you get off, you get off, get off, boys. Um, but the get fact- Coach Armstrong on the show, please, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> but the fact that um, dudes are able to like beat each other's ass, and then they're either through that they become friends, or they were friends before and they were in a fight, and then like a verbal fight and then a physical fight occurs and they're able to be friends again because they mm-hmm. beat each other's ass. I don't, and I get the like concept of like, just letting your aggression out. Okay. We beat each other's ass. Let's move on. But like, I know girls that have said multiple times, if we ever came to physical blows, if we ever beat each other's ass, like we're just done. Like we're just like, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> like if it comes to me wanting to beat your ass, we can't be friends. I've heard it on multiple occasions and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like, I feel like if somebody, if, 
if it got to a point where I just like, I I want to like beat your ass, I'd have to see how I feel afterwards. Maybe we could still be friends. Right, I've never gotten in a fight. <laughs> I've never gotten in a like not like that, not with a friend, not ever with an enemy either really like every fight i've gotten into and i say every is in two it's been completely against my will which i think a fight should be <laughs> um i did box for a while so i mean i do know how to now like don't try me in the club if you ever catch me in a club which you probably won't but um, don't try me because i can now do if you do just know I've got hands to back it up now. So I had a mouth for a while and I didn't realize that I had a mouth. So I would just kind of just talk shit. And I didn't realize that, okay, people like translate that into they want to kick your ass sometimes. And it's like, do to do. But yeah, fun times. <laughs> fun times. Uh, it's quite the A plot. I love. It, it, it um, is. And we get I Alex love... for the first time. We do, and she's a queen. She is. And I love when Emma, like, Emma's photo on mm-hmm. Snake's desk, when Sean... Yes, when Sean... I just right. don't want to forget about that. It's like... Is this such a, like, like a bank heist movie? It's like... a smug little <laughs> fucking smile looking up at him. It's like, it's really like the picture sitting on the desk of the guy oh, that you're robbing. She signs the picture and then she gives it to him. Thank you get, for goes mentioning to give that. it to him. Okay, but like, the here's my issue. Why are you signing it on the front? I've, all, I've only ever signed a photo on the back. Is yeah, that just know, me? It's, it's weird because then you're writing on the photo itself. I've I've never seen that. I've only ever seen you write in the corner or on the back of the photograph. Like that's that's weird. But she, I guess we're supposed to be like, okay, we need to know this a photo of her. They didn't want to do a shot of her flipping it back and forth. They just wanted it, and then we have to see who her knows, crumple who cares, it up. Whatever she crumples She's it up. She's so sad because Sean doesn't want to hear her shit after she called him pathetic. He's like, I don't need this. He's like, I'm fucking done with you, Emma, and your self righteous bullshit. I'm a sad baby, Cameron. Yeah, it's sad. The end of this chapter of them because I think that yeah I'm not gonna spoil anything I actually don't remember what happens with them after I know Peter comes into the story it's like sometime soon and Peter's so far away is he far is he that far yeah I thought he's next season right no 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 because Emma and them are all freshmen still yeah Peter doesn't come around. No, Peter doesn't come around until after Jay and Silent Bob go Canadian, eh? Really? Mm-hmm. No, because Emma's oh, the first right. girl Oh, right. She uses dates. the money for um from the uh the movie to go do the whole. Yeah. Okay, you're right. She wants to get breast implants, and oh, so dumb. And then Peter blackmails her, and his I mean, mom's just like, it's "I don't fine. think it's, I don't think it's a super pronounced season five. I don't think it's a super pronouncement to say that. Just like I don't, I'm not, I don't like fake boobies. I like real boobies. But if you want to have fake boobs, that's fine. I'm just, yeah. Personally, I never thought that um, anybody." needed them 
nobody needs them but if a person i mean if you not want nobody them. because like people not have to nobody. have mastectomies and right, right people have gender dysphoria but right but at the same time like the larger they are the more back pain you have i don't know if that's considered all the time <laughs> is that <laughs> the take- same with fake ones though I think the weight, yeah. I think what regardless, like it's an extra, even an extra, like, like, I would say mine are like two and a half pounds a tit. Just five extra pounds on my chest, and then like these are not even that big. What they go up to G. Boobs. Oh, yep. The weight of the implants may cause poor posture, which further exacerbates back pain, neck pain, and muscle ache. Yeah. But if you want fake boobies, get them. It's fine, too. Those double Ds will cause, like, a little curve, a little curve in your spine, but if that's what you want, and you've got somebody paying for it, or you're paying for it yourself, more power to you. The world's on fire. Get fake boobs. Nobody cares. Do what you If it makes you feel good, do it. Right. Um, but have we missed anything really? And oh, you know what we have is um, the whole like I don't blame Sean for just wanting to make out with his fucking girlfriend. <laughs> I don't blame him for that either. But and I kind of want to start like keeping an eye on Emma unnecessarily saying like because as we all know, she says that in college, do you guys want to like blaze? blaze? But she's like. <sighs> Because I don't want to, like, make out in front of everybody. Yeah. Although I guess the like is necessary there she because that's not really what you're doing like, at though. all. But yeah, it's, we can talk, we can, we can track it. Cause like, I mean. We don't think, have to. But no, I think that towards season five, especially Emma's going to get very Valley girl. She's going to get very like. She's Emma gonna, is also entering her villain era. She something is. Fierce. She's. She's going to lean very hard into being blonde. But to be fair, being blonde, I mean, it still means something. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but it meant a lot more at this time. In the 2000s. In the 2000s, being blonde was like, just you were just on a whole nother plane. Like, blondes do it better. I mean, obviously, there's that film, Blondes Have More Fun, whatever. Mm. Um. Yeah, no, gen- no, no, thing. no. The movie is Gentlemen's Prefer Blondes. Sorry. The movie is Gentlemen's Prefer Blondes, and the saying is Blondes do it better, or, and Blondes have it more fun, or whatever. So, mm-hmm. all those sayings. And I mean, those. There were also the girls next door were all blonde. It just. They're... Blonde was a thing. Blonde was a blonde thing. Blonde was very much a thing. And a personality. I mean, always a little of bit. Of personality. Too. You know, it's. The Marilyn or the Jackie, the Betty or the Veronica, the I Jen the or Archie the Joey, comics, right? the Blair or the Serena. Serena. I love them both. I would sleep with them both. Well, yeah, but... But, but right, I know. I know that wasn't the question. I know that wasn't what we were talking about. But it I'm wasn't a bad answer. I'd watch that porn. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> Just me and a Blair and Serena sandwich. Yes, I would watch that. Like, respectfully, with your consent. And theirs. And consent theirs. is not only sexy, it is necessary. if that occurred, like, in real life, if, like, I would totally let you and a couple other people watch it. 
<laughs> to be fair, <laughs> the world doesn't need to see my badge. It just doesn't need to happen. But I told you about the old world <laughs> or the old Hollywood threesome I recently learned rumor of that I'm like, I wish yes. I could see that porn. And I very much am on board with needing to see that as well. Like I needed to be something. For our listeners, <laughs> if you didn't know, it is rumored that Paul Newman, who is my old Hollywood boyfriend, um, once had a threesome with James Dean and Eartha Kitt. Um, Yowza, guys. Right? Hot. Hot. Like, hot. I don't know that, like, you maybe, as a, as a woman who primarily is attracted to women, mm-hmm. might be able to say who you would think the hottest person in that room is. But I, as a bisexual, <laughs> cannot tell you. It's probably not James Dean. Like, it's either Paul Newman or Eartha Kitt. Nothing against James Dean, but Paul Newman, in my book, is the handsomest man to have ever walked God's green earth. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, men are so weird. I will say that. Like, men are weird. I, I, I always have had, like, a sec- more way more of a sexual attraction. But then, like, open a mouth of a man and it's like, well you ruined it and like even with if you the things didn't, that they say yeah usually content wise you ruined it yeah um it's not like the fit because i feel like it's like a good like package i like what how you like the voice but like what you're saying it's bullshit but um you i don't know can't see it avis and our listeners definitely can't see it but I want you to know you can see Biggie behind me like the queen that she is. Mm-hmm. And to my left, I have Chauncey, uh-huh. who is a teeny tiny little white and orange guy <laughs> with a derpy eye. And to my right, I have Fife Dog. And it is beautiful. Mm. Fife's ears are all pointy right now, too. The trinity. The the, the cat, the, the animal tri- uh, trinity. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, but I think are we I, ready to? I think we're ready to transition. I don't think there's any other. Before no. we transition oh, into our um, oh yeah, go ahead. I just want to say that Emma was leading the clean eating vegan train before it was an influencer movement movement with that tempeh and that uh right <laughs> alfalfa. Oh yeah, no, I want to talk about that sandwich for a second. And then the peanut sauce, like. <laughs> I don't know. Peanut sauce is fire, dude. It is fire. I'm not talking about the. I mean, just like on a sandwich, though, like more like a wrap. Like I kind of wanted it. In a yeah, wrap. I could see it. In give a me wrap. that. Give me that. And in you a wrap. know, it's on like real dense multi-grain, bread. Multi grain, like it's thick not ass. even multi grain. It's like Ezekiel no, bread. It is oh Ezekiel God. bread. One of those slices of bread that you like. If you if you stand it up, it's not gonna flop. You could just smack the shit out of somebody. With it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna stand like, up to that. <laughs> No, I feel like some tahini would have been a nice addition, even with the peanut Yum. sauce, just to yes. add oh, some yes. moisture. That creaminess, like that you kind you, of miss you need in some that situation. Yeah. Not the peanut butter sauce isn't. It's like it's still it's a sauce. Give you a sauce, but it might be a little bit like, especially like the the runniness of it could be disputed, and like in a sandwich situation, the bread is going to soak up a good portion of whatever is going on with that. So mm-hmm. you're going to get like peanut I, sauce yeah. soaked bread versus like get a little nice wrap situation. You get yeah. some baby greens. You get just a sprinkle of that tzatziki. 
you know, maybe, maybe a little so onion mustard. would be a good touch. Maybe yeah. some mustard. I would love a red onion and maybe red onion cheese, in there. Throw some, throw some, well, no, it's a peanut sauce. You wouldn't want to do a feta or a blue. I was trying and to think of a cheese. Don't listen to me on but, the cheese, Emma. But I just love cheese. I try to throw it in most you could situations. throw in like a mozzarella. You can always throw in a mozzarella. I feel yeah. like I love mozzarella. Just it's my favorite bit. cheese. I mean, burrata is my favorite cheese, but that's still <sighs> mozzarella. So good. We need to get together and do uh, charcuterie when we. When yeah, we, we do. We Dylan do and I fancy made. <laughs> yes, Dylan and I made brulee burrata. Oh, that sounds so good. It was so good. And I'm like, you can just give me a ball of burrata and some olive oil and salt and pepper and I'm good. Mm-hmm. But that is so good. It's so good. I this show that. is sponsored by burrata. It sure is. Come on down, burrata. But um, I th- yeah, I think we're good. Um, I think we've covered pretty much everything aside from the, so the before we before we move into our regularly scheduled segments, mm-hmm. I don't know if this will stay, mm-hmm. but I feel like discontinued snacks are a thing that we see, yeah. which I thought of today when I saw them all drinking Fruitopia. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. That's so sad. Fruitopia was pretty bomb. R.I.P. Fruitopia. Pour one out. Moment of silence for the black hole. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> should we uh, mosey on over to your favorite corner? Yes, it's the fashion corner. Would you mind if I start since I only have a few? Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so my first one is we need to talk about what's happening with Emma's part in her first scene. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she's got this, like, it's like the start of a zigzag part, but it's just like one zig. It's not even a full zigzag. Oh. And then it's like a middle part. The she's rest of the stressed, way. okay? She's stressed. She's very stressed. She um, I love period. her clean the ravine outfit. Mm-hmm. She's got this little, like, blue and white tank top, tie-dyed tank top, and, like, green khaki, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think it's so. It's very cute. The top also could have worked with the dolphin pants, but I think she may have outgrown them by now. She's getting tall, yeah. Um, And then my last one, just because it's it's the beginning of an era, is Sean with mm-hmm. his, like, hood up. It reminds me of whatever that one music vid- Eminem music video is, you know? Is it Where the all one the- for 8 Mile? No, it's not 8 Mile. It's the one, I think it's White American. Is that the one? Where it's like a bunch of animated M and M's like marching to go register to vote. Probably because I'm saying animated. He's done a lot of. He's done an assembly of M and M's before, or some shadies. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very yeah. It's very extra <laughs> in an M M&M and M music video. Um, As and it then is. my <laughs> my last one, which is a transition into one of yours, is there's a background girl going to clean the ravine and she's just wearing that very like quintessential early 2000s polo with the red and the navy stripes and she the long is. sleeves and the white collar and it's and shout out to her her rolled up jeans uh, her rolled up jeans she's channeling mm-hmm. marco from pride in this in, as well and i know <laughs> that they say if you were 
if you wore something the first time, it was cool. It's too old to wear it now. First of all, that rule by and large does not apply to me because I wasn't cool enough to wear it the first time it was cool. (laughs) But um, also, yeah, fuck you. Wear whatever you want. And that look is timeless. Like as much as it is, as much as it is immediately evokes the early aughts, it is a timeless look. It is. And I love those back. Really, like I love, I've always loved girls dressing in more like masculine fashion and call me like I I loved being like a middle schooler and wearing a bunch of Henleys and collared shirts. Like Mm -hmm. that was the, I enjoyed wearing those sort of shapes that weren't very like hugging because like your body is changing it's nice to just be comfortable and fashionable and she you know got what? her cuffed up she made her own capris that morning because she because capri i i don't think it was I, I had capris i don't know if it was just laziness or she's like i just want to make some capris it got a little hot you know <laughs> what else i miss from that t- that era mm-hmm. is the um and i think it was like a a 70s re- reboot. The aughts were a little bit of 70s reboot. Oh, 100%. Because fashion's about a 30-year cycle. The 90s loved 70s. And I think, yeah. I think in the 70s, it was probably just like two shirts. But in the 2000s, mm-hmm. it was one shirt a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. The dark t-shirt with the light long sleeves. Yes. Yes. That were like sewn in. I Yes. On, I it, like, it was a separate sleeve. <laughs> Oh, oh, what a time. The things that, like the fa- the fact that they used to so the this actually this I don't know of this particular shirt, but this style of um what this young lady is wearing with the uh striped shirt and then the white collar before it was a thing where it was sold with the white collar sewn all the way on there, it was just people would wear the white collared shirt and then layer like a thin sweater over top. And then it became, oh, this look could just be so, like, you could just sew the collar mm-hmm. on. And then they started selling them that way. <laughs> but like, it was a very like late the 90s, early 2000s. Of, like, what if we took <laughs> the layering out of layers? <laughs> and what if we took the Exactly. What if we took the layering out of layers? Like, guys, the oh. cons, groundbreaking. Um, but to slide into my next, uh, to this young lady is actually standing next to the stripy young lady. She has got an SIT shirt on. And I know that the obvious there's some, Emma does say what this acronym stands for when she's talking to Manny and you got the look, but I don't, cause she's talking about, Oh, she wants to start this collective to clean up the ravine. Um, I don't know what it stands for. Don't ask me. Um, she has a, uh, this SIT shirt, like, balled up you know how you tie up shirts on your waist it's a very big knot because it's probably huge on her and she has this very cute uh um diagonal striped pink skirt and it's definitely longer like probably touches her knees but she has rolled it up so that it's going to be shorter (laughs) and honestly an icon an icon two background characters serving looks (laughs) Can I detour from the fashion corner just really quickly? 
Yes. Because I forgot with the ravine. Do mm-hmm. we think that Sean was so mad when he found out about Emma and Jay because she gave we Jay do. a full on blowjob in the ravine and she wouldn't even like make out lying down with him in the ravine? Because Kendra happened upon them and didn't see anything. We do. We we know Sean is pissed in Wasega. And and like, we're, we're not we're be, saying when he comes back to Degrassi. Would he, he be less that, yeah. pissed if she had like blown Jay at the movie theater or at some party or something? Like, do you think oh, the yeah. ravine? Because it's, a, is it's a about trigger? the it's about the public display of these acts and the possibility that someone could discover them at any moment was her problem with making out with him. She was like, "I don't want to make out where anybody could walk by." So, I think he'd be thoroughly pissed. Right, but I'll go into a van but... where nobody's gonna walk by, but everybody who watched me go in and watches me come out is gonna know exactly van. what happened. And like that van is like not you, everybody knows what that van is for, Emma. <laughs> like, everybody knows what's if it's a rock and you don't come a knocking. Yeah, um, very bad, very bad. So fucking Sean's pissed, and he should be pissed regardless. But I mean, probably because she was just very like. I'm not going to do, like, I'm going to make you feel bad for wanting to kiss me and be my, you know, interact with me mm-hmm. in that way. But then she kind of switches the gears not that long later. And in the same spot that she told him, yeah, we're not doing this. So, yeah, he's totally like, fuck you. Fuck you, Emma. <laughs> you you suck. Oh, I'm sorry to detract from your function, but I had just forgotten that in pre-talk. That's fine. Um, okay, so back to the um, the crowd at the SIT cleanup of the Ravine event. We've got uh, Alex back there channeling Gwen Stefani in like a white tank, um, <laughs> tan baggy pants and glasses that are like ref- uh, reflectory, like they've got that bright a reflective coating and she's got it pushed back um through her hair and she's also standing next to sean who decided to wear a bandana today to school <laughs> for some reason because <laughs> he's got to look hard all of a sudden and he just doesn't want to show any of his hair his hair looks bad today um and i mean other than the bandana his outfit is very unremarkable like the baggy shirt and the baggy jeans and a hoodie um, then we go to my next one is Paige sitting next to JT on the step. She has this like, uh, scrunched, uh, at the shoulder blue blouse. It's got like a square neckline. Looks like she's got some sunglasses like pinned to her, but I really just like the blue on her. And I think that the shirt is one of her, uh, cuter shirts and especially the capris with the chunky uh, platform shoes and I got a call out to Craig in shop because he looks a damn mess he looks like he put one of those smocks over himself to protect his outfit but he's got it open like he's a fashion model or or like he has a bathrobe on and it just looks bad <laughs> uh, and then I love JT's shirt in the wet dream sequence with the it reminds me of Guy Fieri <laughs> with the fire um with the fire emblem and the glasses and then liberty's like uh halter top hawaiian like tropical-esque ensemble her like 
yellow top and her mm-hmm. long skirt. It's very much a look. I like the flower in her hair. And I th- think that's it. Oh, no, I did have Emma at the very end in her white shirt with the orange detail around the neck. And it's the perfect outfit to get fucking uh, burned by your former lover. I don't know if I can call him a lover because they just, I, I don't know what the board, the, the, the lines on that are, but yeah, <laughs> they, they used to be in a relationship. Let's just say your former love. Love. Thank you. That's a little bit more chaste. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> She'll barely even make out at the ravine. So I don't think you can call them lovers. I was going to say, I think it's kind of, I think that's kind of a term reserved for love making. But yeah, so that's the <laughs> that's a fun way to end the fashion corner. <laughs> Should we go down to the um, currently named music corner? I I would love to. It's fun to. This was a, a fun addition to this season. So um, the episode title is Gangsta Gangsta, and it is by NWA, and it was published in 1988. So we are it's still awesome. in the 80s. Straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton, their most fav- uh, famous eh, famous album. <laughs> Words are hard. Their most famous album, and um, so we did listen to this as a little, uh, <laughs> as we will come to do with our. I don't think I think this is the first song we listened to together. But right. I, we'll, we'll come to make this a ritual with this corner. But we, um, I will say personally, as someone who doesn't listen to a lot of NWA, I do love hip hop. Um, I do love rap. NWA, other than Fuck the Police and like I think I have like several other songs by them. I don't you know, I, I don't have their their album cuts are not familiar to me. So I did not I was surprised to learn this was an NWA song. So shout out to Degrassi for that. <laughs> I make my husband really mad sometimes because I was not like I, I did not grow up listening to NWA. Yeah. Um, you know, and it wasn't something <laughs> no, that I like no. avoided, but it wasn't something I was seeking out. I was born the year that this song came out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first like being aware of Ice Cube is him being the dad in shit, like, are we there yet? Okay. Okay. And my husband gets really mad if I re- refer to Ice Cube as, you mean that dorky dad from all the movies? That's what he wants you. That's he. That's his image that he's worked very hard to curate Mm because he was really out here, you know. I know, I know, and it's kind of funny to then (laughs) go back to to go back and know where his roots, where he came from. He was literally in a, a. I mean, I actually was exposed to Ice Cube because of Boys in the Hood. So, I mean, I would say I knew him from Boys in the Hood before I knew him from and friday before i knew him from nwa like i knew of nwa but i won't say that as like like as a 10 year old that i knew that ice cube was in nwa i didn't necessarily know that but i, I knew, knew about of, friday and friday and boys, and in, boys the in the hood movies that i did not watch until adulthood yeah those were essential more um friday obviously because it was a comedic film even though there's way 
like a lot of adult themes like way too many adult themes in that film mm-hmm. but it's like funny so i got away with watching it when i was around 10 ish but like boys in the hood is heavier i was maybe 12 or 13 when i watched that maybe 14 but um definitely like both films are not for kids so i don't <laughs> Yeah. I, don't, I feel like I don't, our parents let us I mean I can't speak can to write. your parents but like our generation's parents let us watch a lot of things that we maybe mm-hmm. maybe no, shouldn't I, have to, and I, I think all I of was, our parents had different versions of that but right there was definitely things that my mom and dad let me watch that they maybe should have had a little bit more discretion on but I'm fine I'm okay my, my <laughs> biological father took me to see Scream when it came out in theaters I was seven mm. yeah good choices but that's i mean that's at that time that film was really fucking like violent and i mean it's still pretty violent so and i was seven it was terrifying we did not finish it his girlfriend wanted to go so we went and saw scream Uh now it's like it's my favorite horror franchise though yes it's a great friend oh i'm so sad for the future of scream but that's a whole nother conversation but so how do we how do we feel like this song suited this episode um i think it's, it it felt it felt fine angry. it felt like a lazy choice to me if like what they are trying to do is relate the yeah. song to the episode you know i think that that's what they try to do because like i what i would have wanted is a song that was more about sean or not more about someone being like wronged or feel like they were wronged and then kind of go into a spiral because i just feel like he has been wait he's been doing the work of being a nice guy quote unquote work quote unquote and he's kind of through with doing the right thing i would like a song about that being through with doing the right thing and choosing to show your asshole now and you're gonna be all of the wrong things mm. something like that maybe bad to the bone would be good i don't know that's uh, that's completely me shit posting uh, <laughs> that is a shit post um but, but no, i would have yeah it was it, a good, it, it I, fits it, was, it fits it, it fits. just feels a lazy choice it was a little lazy because i mean the the lyrics are completely like i would say more the vibe of the lyrics or not the vibe of the lyrics the vibe of the song could fit but like actually listening to lyrics no no doesn't doesn't relate to sean at all it does sound like the kind of thing that Sean would be listening to as he uh, enters into this era. <laughs> Towers is going to introduce him to it. Oh my gosh, give him the tape. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um But yeah, I think we're So I don't they wanted to get some NWA in here somewhere. So yeah, I think we're good to uh chasse over to the part of town where the shots are fired. Yeah. Yeah. Shots fired. Um, I think you have the very first, so you want to start and we'll just back and forth it? Yes. Okay. So uh, Sean is talking to Tracker and he says her stepdad is sick. And Tracker says, uh, shoving money into his hand, that's too bad. Why don't you go get him a Gidwell card, eh? (laughs) He's so rude. (laughs) um my first is toby looking at his pictures with jt and he says quote 
my Bubby and Zadie should just buy stock in the photo company. They bought like two dozen prints. And Sean kind of takes a peek at the pictures and says, are they blind? Um, And then immediately after stands up for Toby. So go Sean. Yes, immediately after he does. Um, JT says, see that guy, Jay? 100% pure psycho. Um, Is your next one, is it in that same scene? Mm -mm. Go ahead. Okay. My next one is uh, Jay saying, what are you to Sean, his bodyguard? I'm his friend. I'm his friend. Um, (laughs) In auto shop. I mean, and I think you could argue that first Jay shots, shoots, Jay fires shots. That's Mm -hmm. how you say that. Yes. Jay fires shots with those weird looks he's throwing at Sean. (laughs) And then Sean comes over and like grabs towers by the waist and is like, (laughs) you're doing it wrong. Righty tighty lefty Lucy. Okay, so I actually have Snake in media immersion slamming down uh, Sean's report saying, spell check, try it sometime. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Snake he's, is pissed off and the whole world knows him. Hinged. Snake is done. Um, when they're playing Euchre and Toby drops his knowledge and JT's like, I'm Toby Isaacs. I know everything. And then poor Toby's like, I was just making an observation. And JT is like, oh, really? Want to hear my observation? No one cares. And JT fired the first shot and Toby responded with a disproportionate response. Very disproportionate. Um, My next one is actually in the same scene, too. It's when Hazel wants to change the topic and Paige (laughs) says, no way. This is such juicy gossip. Yeah. Pardon the pun. <laughs> okay, my uh, next one is the way that Sean spits out Emma's sandwich. Because it's like the rudest way. It's a wet spit out. It's like he lets it all dribble out of its mouth. <laughs> and it's disgusting. She's and so rude. annoying to Hello, vitamins. <laughs> like, bitch. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, in that same conversation, Sean's saying, you guys ever hear of babysitters? <laughs> uh, My yeah. next one is in their fight when he's like, Emma Nelson, mm-hmm. environmental crusader, a babysitter, a nurse. Okay, so I have a, um, I have one from that scene, but then I have two before that. That's fine. I don't think we have to do them in order. Okay, cool. All right. I have Jay saying, look at you all M&M on the outside, big scared baby on the inside. And uh, JT, in response to Toby, asking who his wet dream was about, your mom. (laughs) And then later in that conversation, okay, shooter, Toby saying that. And then um, from that scene that Caroline was just talking about, Emma saying fun. And you, you're just pathetic, which is the way she says pathetic is it hurt me a little bit. Yeah, so, it was it was shitty. It was rude. It was really rude. Um, my last one is Alex as Emma's walking away when Sean doesn't want to talk to her. And Alex is like, she really is flat as a board, huh? 
<laughs> my last one is earlier in that conversation actually the start of that conversation when um in response to emma asking him if she can talk to him alone sean says no does this episode have a shining star honestly i'm trying to like everybody's kind of invariably like I feel like if I have to give it to anybody, it would be Toby for standing up for himself. Yeah, he does stand up for himself, but he's kind of a dick in the process. He's a total dick in, in the process, so, and that's like I can't even give him a full. It's like I can't give star you a pass, because bitch. he takes it away with his super bummerness. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I have a shining star this episode. Manny's not here, so we can't Manny's even give it to her. Manny's not here. Snake's being a dick, even though he has cancer, it's rightfully so, but he's still being a dick. He didn't, he wasn't shining to me. He was just thriving, not even thriving. He was just kind of getting by. He was, he was skirting by. And as he should, he doesn't need to shine every week. He's got fucking cancer. He's got cancer. He's got and a baby can- at home. And a, and a baby at home. Um, yeah, no, I don't really have a shining star. No one really was shining. Yeah, Everybody bummed me the fuck out. So I think we could right? just safely assume. Super bummer. That everybody else in this episode <laughs> mm-hmm. was maybe Sean's a bummer. <laughs> Jay's a bummer. Emma's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Fucking Toby's a bummer. JT's a bummer. Like yeah, they're a- either a bummer or they're just there. Mm-hmm. Um, Tracker's a bummer. Tracker is such a bummer for no reason. Like just cat. Like just drive by a bummer. Um, yeah. Nobody really, nobody rose to the occasion this episode. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, not everybody has to rise to the occasion all the time. Sometimes you can be, it can be a high episode for shots fired because everybody was, was throwing zingers out there. It could be a low episode for moral fiber. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think with that, we can just ask the uh, fateful question. Does it go there? Does it go there? Does it go there? I would say yes. It totally does. Got um, a wet dream in the B plot. I'm trying to find the 2003 cost of an Alienware laptop, <laughs> but I suspect it was at least a grand. That's fair because, because it's like a are... four thousand dollar laptop now. Oh, and totally. so I'm pretty sure we have felony theft in this episode. Because it's over a certain amount. Because oh it's God. over a grand, right? Oh, shit. Petty theft is under. Yeah. I think that that probably. Yeah. I think that that probably is still a thing. Yeah. Petty theft would. I mean, I don't know what it is in Canada. Right. Okay. In Canada, it's under 5,000. So it's not a felony. Oh, Canada's lovely. In, in that, that they're not trying to throw you in jail for a thousand bucks. But, I mean, um, theft is not okay, but like also, I don't know that someone should be thrown in jail for that sum of money. That's kind of how I land on that. Yeah, no, like, I, don't, in, I don't know. That apparently, it varies by state in the US. Vermont, it's 900. Damn. Damn, Vermont. The highest is Texas and Wisconsin at 2,500. Pennsylvania's two grand. Mm-mm. New Jersey's two hundred. 
New Jersey said, fuck you. Don't so come do here not shoplift in New Jersey. And if New you do, be careful. Do you know how easy it is to spend $200? Right? Like, accident. I've accidentally spent $200. Well, and did you know that, like, Target won't stop you? And, like, they'll let you accumulate felony theft amounts before they go after you? I did not know that, but that sounds so sinister. Um, mm-hmm. No, Target's like anti-theft loss prevention department is nothing to fuck with, according to Reddit. I thought that Old Navy was trying to do something, but they really just hired loss prevention people and didn't actually like invest in the loss prevention. So it was kind of it was kind of bullshit. But well. But I would say it goes there. You're stealing oh, a, yeah, at least there. a $1,000 laptop from the teacher with cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big, big boo-boo and a no-no. And the beginning of Sean's villain era because he's he's heartless now. He's so cold. How he's could cold you be as ice. so heartless? Yeah, cold as ice. But yeah. Oh. Do I have the outro? You do have the outro. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. Thank you for listening to your mom's podcast. Next week, we'll be watching Should I Stay or Should I Go? In which Ashley isn't ready to have sex, and Craig is totally super cool and supportive about it. Spoiler alert. Nope. (laughs) This episode of your mom's podcast was made possible in part by the Rooks and Knights Society, Burata, and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to further support our show, you can find us on TikTok and Facebook as Your Mom's Podcast. We also have a Facebook group of the same name. And you can find us on Instagram at YMPadcast. Your Mom's Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscriptions and reviews are another great free way to support us. However, if you're interested in supporting us in not free ways, we have a lot of great bonus content on our Patreon, and some great merch at our shop, which can be found at your-moms-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. And remember, that's podcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you. We would like to say a thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Octavia Faith. Margot Mancini. June Bard, and Abutz. And a very special thank you to our Titty Snake producer, Alika Fenderson. Thank you so much for supporting the show, guys. Thank you. Ew, I hate how I said thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 